it's almost that time, T. NFC Championship, the Eagles versus the Niners. This is oh, the Bird's man. Nest. I am Tanner Gilmartin. Alongside me is Tyre Hood. Let's get into it. Last week, the Eagles sent the Giants back home uh, to where they belong. And by the way, they're not from New York. They're from New Jersey. But that's a different story. 38-7 to on the anniversary of 38-7 to when the Eagles ran over the Minnesota Vikings and punched their ticket to the Super Bowl in that 2017 season. That was a magical season, T. But let's go on to this season and let's hopefully we can talk about how magical this season is because the 49ers are no easy team, T. Not no. at all. Um, the best defense in the league, the Eagles now have the set. They have the second best defense. Um, but this is a team full of unique skill players. Um, it just unique players in general, storylines. I mean, you got rookie Brock Purdy, seven and oh. I believe now he has built his record to seven and oh for the team as the third string, Mr. Irrelevant quarterback that they have. Uh, that's a crazy storyline, and it, it seems like the Eagles are on the opposite side of that that storyline where they were in 2017 with Nick Foles now. They have a quarterback coming in who sort of kind of has the a similar story to Nick Foles. Not really, but it, we'll, we'll, give it, we'll give it that way. But ignoring the MVP talk, uh, coach of the year, the Gannon job hunt, um, and some recent disgusting quarterback rankings that we've seen on the internet putting Jalen Hurts as the fourth quarterback left in the playoffs uh talent wise I mean that's just that that's wild to me um it, but it's something that's been happening the entire season Jalen Hurts entire NFL career at this point but T not many injuries for the Eagles side of the ball limited participants in practice we don't storylines we talked about a, a little bit already with Brock Purdy and the Jalen Hurts sort of uh, I guess hate I, I, or maybe people undervaluing him as a quarterback but the Eagles are up against the number one defense all right that's going to be a challenge you got Fred Warner um you got guys th that can make a play on, on defense um also can the eagles continue to thrive in the trenches that that's a big question because this is a team who since andy Reid's time here they they've been able to develop through the offensive line the defensive line um and this season they have three offensive uh pro bowlers on the line two alternatives um 63 and a half of their 70 sacks come from the defensive linemen so you're talking cox graham uh, Reddick, all those guys over there making plays. Um, what do you think is the biggest storyline going into this game? Man, it's probably got to be the quarterback. That's got to be the biggest storyline going into this game. It's got to be the quarterbacks. I know they faced each other in college. Um, it was a shootout game, if I'm not mistaken. And I believe Jalen Hurts was with Alabama at the time. And they won, and Alabama won by one point. So it was it was definitely a shootout, um, nonetheless. But I, I think the quarterback story is definitely one to pay attention to because here you have the unknown, you know, seventh round draft pick and Brock Purdy coming in, and 
you know, he's riding this 11 game. I believe it's 11 games now that he hasn't, he hasn't taken a loss. This San Francisco team hasn't taken a loss and, you know, they're coming in hot. He's got this, he's got these prolific weapons around him that really helps him, you know, as a passer, you know, it, it's hard not to have success when you have a Debo Samuel, when you have a Christian McCaffrey, when you have arguably the best tight end in the NFL and George Kittle. I mean, and then that offensive line, they do a pretty good job of run blocking and also protecting him as well. And then Jalen Hurts, as you already know, it, you know, the disrespect continues with Jalen Hurts. I mean, I believe now he, I believe he is a finalist, um, one of the two finalists for um, the NFL MVP award. But continuously, you'll hear, you know, guys like Chris Sims. Yeah, I'm calling them out. Guys like Chris Sims and then other folk, you know, basically saying that they're still going to take quarterbacks over Jalen Hurts. Me personally, and I'm going to get into it when we get into uh, the strategy of the game and how the birds can win. This is a game that Jalen Hurts can really silence some haters. That's all I'm going to leave it at that for now. Yeah, every big stage opportunity for Jalen Hurts is a chance to silence those people that doubt him and i believe it, he might be accompanied by joe burrow patrick mahomes justin jefferson mm -hmm. on that list of finalists for mvp he has put that uh, behind him his focus is for what's ahead I, I know that really matters for him um a player so young as jalen hurts i believe what 24 years old yep he's 24 and going on playing in the NFL for two to three years already um, with the experience that he's had, whether it was riding the bench coming in when the team needed him to, or finding his own as a starter in the NFL with those mm -hmm. last year and this year as well. When you look at this team as a whole, who is the player with the most weight on their shoulders going into this game? Hmm. That's Aside definitely from a hard... Jalen Hurts. Man, that's definitely a hard one. That's a that's a difficult one to answer. Um, honestly, if I, <laughs> hmm, you know what, I I think the most I think the person with the most to prove at this point because, and a lot of people have noticed, and I've noticed as well, his dip in playing time. Probably Miles Sanders. His playing time is starting to dip. Um, Kenny Gainwell was the only running back. Uh, that had 100 yards uh, last week against the Giants, and a lot of the other a lot of the other running backs are getting opportunities that are being taken away from Miles Sanders. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's injuries or I don't know if this coaching staff necessarily trust him in certain situations. I don't know if it's the play calling um, or the rotation. I don't know what it is. But last week, Boston caught Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell were the main running backs that got playing time. And Miles Sanders was really like uh, the second guy. So Miles Sanders definitely needs to step it up. To me, T, when I see something like that in the stats column, where the Eagles were really able to just run all over the Giants, I think it's more of not that Miles Sanders couldn't do it, that everyone could. They were throwing guys in. Why rely on just one running back when you can – instead of just running his motor all the way down, just throw different guys in, uh, change the scheme a little bit, surprise the defense even more. I mean, Gainwell had the best game of his career. And that's in, a good that point game. that, and that's a good point that you bring up, but that's the reason why I also bring up, like I noticed, you know, a dip in his playing time from previous weeks as well. And I don't, I don't find that a coincidence that 
all of a sudden he get he starts to fumble the ball and now his playing time is being shortened. I don't find that to be a coincidence at all. I don't know if he's not performing in practice. I don't know what it is, but um, Miles Sanders has got to step up. He's got to be the Miles Sanders that we saw earlier in the year where he has over a thousand yards now for the first time in his career. And he's just, you know, bulldozing through guys, running through that hole, hitting that hole hard. But we need to see that Miles Sanders again. Yeah, for sure. And he needs to come out strong because this is a game where if Miles Sanders is on the money, the Eagles start off strong. I mean, that's 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 what they have to do in, in order to win this game. What is the weakest part of the Philadelphia Eagles? Hmm. It's it, that's a difficult question to ask because they're multifaceted on both sides of the ball. Um, the offense and defensive line are some of the best in the NFL. Um, in terms of the offense, they don't necessarily do one thing great. They run the they run the football well, and they also can pass the ball with the playmakers that they have on the outside. On defense, you're stout in the middle of the field, in in the middle of that defense. And you have the secondary to really compete with any any right receivers that you face, you know, as an opponent. That's a really hard question to ask, honestly. And I'm going to continue to repeat myself um, the same thing that I've been saying for a long time on WIP and the same thing that I've been saying to you. The biggest weakness that the Philadelphia Eagles have are the Philadelphia Eagles. Every loss that they've taken outside of the ones that, you know, the one loss that they took um, at the hands of the commanders. Um, outside of the one that they had with Gardner Minshew in the game, um, it was because of their own incompetence. It was because of their own mistakes. It was because they did things that was unorthodox to them, dropping the ball, leading to interceptions, fumbling the ball, things of that nature, things that are unorthodox from this team that we have, one, seen and expect now, expect of them. So their biggest, their biggest weakness are themselves. They just can't, they can't shoot themselves in the foot. We've seen how that sometimes can result. That can result in tight games. That can result in a loss. And they they have to stay focused. They've been focused for this long, a couple more games, and you're hosting your second Lombardi trophy. Yeah, that that's that's really the goal here at the end of the day. But to point a finger at at least something on this team that to me might be the weakest part of their game and where opposing teams are studying and saying, this is something we need to attack. That's the middle of the field, right? The linebackers. Um, Not not necessarily. I wouldn't even say it's the linebackers. I think it's just the overall run defense that can be exploited as well. Now, I don't think that San Francisco is not going to necessarily stick with it. As you can see, they're, they're a mixed bag as well. They're a very balanced offense as well. They're not going to always stick to the run because the run isn't going to always work. Every once in a while, those big guys up front are going to do their jobs. Every once in a while, a linebacker is going to catch you in the backfield. So they're not going to continuously you know, run the ball. However, that is a strategy that they are going to go in with primarily due to the fact that they're going to want to protect Brock Purdy because they don't want him to be in obvious passing situations. Him being in obvious passing situations will lead him to get getting his ass kicked, getting sacked. And that's the last thing that the San Francisco 49ers want. Yeah, and the Eagles have faced real talented running backs already. I mean, Derrick Henry, you got Tony Pollard, um, Aaron Jones, uh, Saquon Barkley, those guys that just make it really challenging for the Eagles to stop. But they've been able to. For the most part, they've been able to uh, 
hold their own against really top running backs. But moving on to what do you want the Eagles to carry over from the Giants game specifically? You saw something in that last game where you're like, if they do that, they're in a good position. Continue to carry on that balanced offense in particular. You know, how they were able to continue to have the Giants on their heels for the most part, if I remember correctly, during the course of the game, there weren't a whole lot of times where they caught themselves and, you know, third and long and distance. They didn't catch themselves on a lot of, you know, on third and 10, having to convert third and 15s and things of that nature. So continue moving that ball down the field. I don't care if you only pick up two, three yards. Just continue picking up those yards. Keep pushing that 49ers defense back. Continue that momentum. Don't put yourself in a third and 10, a third and 15 situation, because that's when you're going to have guys like Joey Bosa coming through that line and trying to disrupt the passing. You don't, you don't want you don't want your team like that. And on defense, man, just continue balling out. I mean, continue rushing, continue hitting that quarterback, continue filling those holes in the run game, continue the dominance of the secondary. I mean, that was just – that was a good game that the defense had. I was very – I came away very impressed with the defense, how aggressive they were and how how they just swarmed to the ball. They, they knew what the Giants were going to do, and they just attacked it. They need to continue with that same mentality. Yeah, exactly. And let me tell you, it was very nice sitting in front of Giants fans five minutes into the game and just having their energy wiped. And it was it was great. You turn around asking if they were still there. They were sitting there, but their hoods were up, uh, closed, and they were watching on as their favorite team got absolutely crushed against the division rival. So, yeah, I, mean, I got to ask. I mean, ahead. they did. They did at the Minnesota Vikings game call us out and basically said that we want the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, yeah. They got, be careful. they got what they wanted. Be careful what you wish for. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask you this before we move on. How are you emotionally right now talking about as an Eagles fan, mm-hmm. um, putting the bias right there in front of you? Because me personally, it, it's been a fun season, but with every win, and this could just be me, but – I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm enjoying it while it's happening, the game, I'm cheering it on. But like five minutes after the game's over, I'm like, well, we got that next opponent next week, and I'm I'm getting real nervous already about, you know, who we're playing and stuff like that. I don't know if that's just me expecting something bad to happen as an Eagles fan that I've I've seen a lot of already. How are you Mm -hmm. feeling? Do you, you know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's it's the nature that we grew up with having being Philadelphia Eagles fans. You it's you the, more so than me, because the, I, the, I've been relatively lucky. <laughs> yeah, you have, actually. I've seen the ups and downs and the good and the bads, but it's the anticipation of something bad happening. And I've, and I've been telling everybody that I've talked to, we got to get out of that mentality now. We've got one under our belt. Now we know what it takes to get the get another Lombardi trophy. We know what it takes to be great. We know what it takes to be the top dog in the NFL. Now, we just have to continue with that formula, continue to chase it. Listen, this is a great team overall. This is an excellent team. Nobody expected this team to, to come this far. We at least expected them to get to the divisional round, but nobody expected this team to be the top team in the NFL. Nobody expected this team to break the franchise record of 14 wins in a season. Nobody expected any of this. So the fact, so as Eagles fans, we just need to welcome this feeling. 
Stop being nervous for once. I mean, look, embrace the moment. Whatever happens on Sunday is going to happen. Embrace it. Just be proud of this team regardless of what goes down. Of course we want our team to win at the end of the day. We want to, we want to win another damn Super Bowl. But at the end of the day, embrace this moment. We have a great team. Stop worrying. Yeah, and it can be a lot of fun leading up to the game too. I mean, we're talking tailgates, uh, parties, going into Xfinity, waiting in that two-and-a-half-hour-long line in front of the building. I mean, that's all, <laughs> that's all fun and all. But getting into the matchups, T., the game, mm-hmm. the 49ers we have coming to the link. I think my top one of my top matchups got to be Mylotta, Lane Johnson versus Nick Bosa. I mean, this mm-hmm. is a very talented pass pass rusher. Um, right. He likes the speed uh, to power rush. Um, he completely just collapses the pocket and he takes advantage of weaker offensive lines because. He had 44 – the Niners had 44 sacks on the season. He had 42% of those sacks. But when I looked at the list of his sacks, his first one was against Braxton Jones, who was a fifth-round rookie uh, playing in his first NFL game. Um, the second one was unblocked. He had 19. I'm not going to go through all of them. But uh, a coverage sack, two of them shouldn't have counted because he tripped a uh, quarterback. Um, I and and the list is just made up of backups um where six backups he got a sack against four were unblocked three were coverage sacks um and, and that doesn't i'm not saying nick bosa isn't all that and he's very talented he is that guy but he is he as as much of a giant as we kind of have been talking about in the media um I, i'm not I'm not going to say he isn't, but I'm saying look at the list of his sacks. He's been getting away with some easy sacks lately, and the Eagles need to make it hard on him. And those two guys, Mylotta and Lane Johnson, are directly responsible for stopping him. So going into what you were saying about the matchup, I mean, look, Bosa is still somebody to fear. Like, I, yeah. matter of fact, that's that's an excellent job that you that you brought up some of his sacks and where some of his sack numbers come from. Because a lot of people will bring up sack numbers and not bring up how they got about, you know, how they came about those sacks. So that was a really good job out of you. Nick Bosa is still that guy, all right? He's still the top pass rusher on that team for a reason. You, you still have to respect him. You still have to fear. You still have to know which side he's lining up on. Now, yeah, no here's the thing. I don't think he's going to line up too many times against Lane Johnson. Even though Lane Johnson's hurt, we saw Lane Johnson is still the same Lane Johnson. He – Lane Johnson continues to just dominate opposing pass rushes. Lane Johnson still hasn't given up a pressure or a sack to an edge rusher for going on three years now. Tanner, you know how impressive that is. For three years, you are you have not allowed a defender to sniff your quarterback. That's impressive. Now, do I think Joey Bosa is going to take advantage of Mylotta? Yes, because Mylotta is still working on how to defend that speed move. So if there's a matchup to be kind of sort of keep your eye on, it's that matchup. But even Malata has kind of stepped up a little bit and he's starting to do a pretty good job compared to what he did this season, which I think, you know, was kind of sort of a down year. But Malata's starting to step up as well. It's going to be a hell of a matchup, but they need to know where, where Nick Bolsa is at all times. Yeah, that's fair enough. And I'm going to go on to my second matchup. And and I agree. Nick Bosa, he, he is an animal. He deserves mm-hmm. – the awards that he gets and everything like that. But I just wanted to look more in depth 
to what he's been doing over the season uh, statistically. My next matchup, Jonathan Gannon versus Brock Purdy, and maybe add the and the middle of the field in there as well with uh, against uh, Brock Purdy. But Brock Purdy avoids sacks. I believe he's had 12 in his past eight games. Mm-hmm. Um, so he, he gets out of sacks. And that's something that the Eagles are they're good at they're good at sacking the quarterback. Um, so you're gonna have guys that are hungry to get to him, like Hassan Reddick's probably the most hungry on the line, in my in my opinion, because he's a mm-hmm. guy who's been waiting his whole career to be in the playoffs. He got his first game, he killed it. His second game, he he's still gonna be I believe he he's been tweeting like when will it end, one will the one will the drought for him <laughs> end. Um, something like that. So those guys on the line are going to be hungry, and it's going to be interesting. Brock Purdy, now they've been downplaying the link, T. The 49ers have been downplaying. The fans have been downplaying. The players, mm-hmm. the coaches, they've been downplaying how loud the link can get, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I'll be there. I'll be there. Mm-hmm. My voice better be sore by the end of the game in a good, damn right in, in a good way. Not because I'm yelling be. at, what are you doing? Um, But the link can get loud and they were talking about how Santa Clara can get just as loud. And I have a hard time believing that T do you think that the, <laughs> that the link can be a huge impact on Brock Purdy or do you think he's ready for it? It's not a facade when players come up in here and say that this is sometimes the hardest place to play. It's not a facade. It's reality. I said this to John Johnson after the giants game overnight, and I'm going to say it here. Brock Purdy is going to come through hell this week. He has no unearthly idea what he is up against. He has never faced a crowd like the Philadelphia crowd. He has never been in a stadium like the Philadelphia Eagles. That crowd noise is going to affect him. It affects all young players coming into the lane. People downplaying that is just plain silly. It really is. You don't downplay the advantage of home field advantage. You just can't do it. I <laughs> Brock Purdy in this 49ers team and all the people who are downplaying the 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 connection of the link and you know the the the, the inspiration of the link. <laughs> Woo! You have no idea what you're going up against. Now going up against now going into Brock Purdy, like you said, yes, he does do a good job of avoiding sacks. But one of the things that I saw in that Cowboys game, and it's a weakness of his, he tends to move to his left a lot. And when you force him to his left, that accuracy kind of dips a little bit. So I said, huh, okay. You flush him out of the pocket. You force him to his left. He's a little off balance. That's something that teams are going to take advantage of. This is a very smart Philadelphia Eagles defense. And actually, it was kind of sort of one of my um, one of my matchups as well was Brock Purdy versus this Eagles defense as a whole, because Brock Purdy struggled kind of against that Cowboys defense. That Cowboys defense put something on him and put something on tape for us to use and take advantage of against Brock Purdy. I'm not saying that he's this, you know, great. I'm not saying that he's not a great talent because he is. He's definitely came out a, a hell of a long way for a third string, seventh round pick rookie. However, with all rookies, there's weaknesses. 
Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, and, he, and he's done an excellent job of covering up those weaknesses. But those weaknesses were exposed. This is why I say that the Philadelphia Eagles defense needs to take the running game out of the element. Take the trick plays from Debo Samuel out of the element. Stop that run. You force Brock Purdy into passing situations. Now you can tee off from Brock Purdy because that pressure that he was under against the Cowboys, he did not do a very good job against that pressure. The Philadelphia Eagles can take full advantage of that, and they need to take full advantage of that. We have the pass rushers to get to Brock Purdy. We can get to Brock Purdy, not to mention the fact of he throws that ball up like a duck. Oh, we got the secondary to be able to get that ball and turn the football over. It is very important that that defense stops that run because then now you're going into your biggest strength, pass rushing. Get to Brock Purdy. Hit him. The noise is going to be there. But the dogs got to be there to do their jobs and clean up the mess. That defensive line hits Brock Purdy. He's not going to know what's going on. Yeah, and let's hope they do so. Let's hope we hear a lot of barking out there on the field. Uh, I know Brandon Graham's going to be doing that chirping. Oh, of course. He's going to be. Oh, man. You know, and and I was watching Good Morning Football, and they had a really good point. I believe it was Kyle Brandt. I, I think he had this point where maybe it was Schrager. But he said the best thing that – the Eagles can do because they were talking about how loud he was chirping against the Giants. Get mm. right in Brock Purdy's face uh, in pregame and just chirp saying, I- I'm after that throwing arm. Get inside his head early. That rookie quarterback, uh, that could change the the entire game. Uh, if yes, you get it inside can. his head. Yes. But um, I got another matchup for you. See if you agree with this one, Tate. Okay. Um, it's the, it's Smitty and AJ. Uh, versus uh, Lenore and Ward. That, that's that's gonna be my top matchup. I understand the running D T uh, for the 49ers is going to be hard, but if the Eagles can get on top of things, it changes uh, the direction of the game once again. But Lenore's back-to-back interceptions, um, we saw that in the Cowboys game uh, more mm-hmm. recently. Um, I would, They played the Seahawks in the first game. He got that interception against uh, Geno. The Cowboys one was a bad route run by Gallup. Um, this guy is a second-year cornerback, but in 2021, Quez Watkins burned him on a 91-yard catch. Uh, Jalen Hurts, of course, got the credit for throwing the ball, but he got tripped up. Quez Watkins took advantage of that, and they got 91 yards down the field. Tape. Is that one of you? You said that's at the top of your matchup list? That's, that's my top matchup list going into this game because like you said these this 49ers defense is the number one defense now in the NFL and that's no small easy feat however there's little kinks in that defense that we can take advantage of I don't think this is going to be a game where we need to um predicate and 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 prioritize the run game this isn't one of those games they're very stout up front linebackers um, uh, uh, Greenlaw and Fred Warner, they're some of the top linebackers in the NFL. That defensive line with Armstead, with Arm, um, Armstead, I mean, he he is he's he's a beast. So taking advantage of the run isn't necessarily something that's going to have going to be possible. Now it's going to be the time for AJ Brown to earn his pay. Now's the time to throw that ball 
to Devontae Smith. Those These right receivers need to be the playmakers that we expect them to be. This is going to be a passing game for our offense, and it needs to be a passing game. Yeah. And my last matchup I'm going to bring up, and maybe one of the biggest ones, is the Birds' run attack versus the Niners' run D. We've talked about it already, but um, just adding some stats to back it up. The last time the Birds faced a great run defense, that was the Tennessee Titans, and we know how that mm. game turned out. They went to the air, and they threw for over 263 yards in the first half. To, over 260 yards in the first half. Um, this this Niners team is not the Tennessee Titans because no. if, if it doesn't work on the ground, you still have to deal with those cornerbacks that we were just talking about. It's not an easy feat. It, it can't be that easy. Um, this is a number five pass defense you have for the 49ers. Is there any other matchup that you're looking at real quick? I mean, that's that's really the major matchup because I think really that's the only way you're going to be able to move the ball against this Niners defense. I mean, for the most part, D'Amico Ryans does, your defense coordinator does an excellent job with those guys, but he is blitz happy, and that's something that Jalen Hurts has improved upon in the offseason, and he does very well against the blitz. So if they send the blitz against Jalen Hurts, I do think you'd be able to take advantage. But passing, pass the ball. I'm not yeah. don't I'm not saying don't run the ball, but passing is the priority in this game. Okay. And just to highlight another player, Fred Warner, dangerous guy, linebacker. Very. Uh, and 2021's loss to the 49ers, Nick Sirianni gave him a lot of credit with confusing – uh, the offense, he was given looks where they thought it was going to, the play was going to go one way. It didn't. Um, and he gave him and Ryan's a, a lot of credit, um, their defensive coordinator with that. But to keep a very long story at, at this point short, I really do think the birds need to get ahead early in form of running the ball. I, I really think that's the way that this game has to go. I know you said that they want to pass the ball, but I'm going to, uh, oppose you with this but if the birds execute that game plan it gets bosa armstead off the field more often um for rest and, and scheme and what have you and that just allows the eagles to keep pushing it uh in the home field loud crowd um that that's really for me that that's the that's the key but i know you're going a different way with this one yeah, they need to pass the ball. I hear what you're saying. I'm not saying not run the ball at all and not use the run to set up the pass somewhat, but this is the game where Jalen Hurt, this, they need to channel whatever game plan that they had against that Pittsburgh Steelers team. That's what they need to yeah. come into with this with this 49ers team. That's the weakness on their yeah. defense. Yeah, treating Bosa kind of like the the T.J. Watt um, uh, of the Steelers, I understand. And that's playing – a, for me, the run game, executing, getting ahead fast. Of course, I know that the Eagles are going against the number one defense in the league. And if that doesn't work, of course, you have to execute the pass. Um, but I just really want it to be the easiest way for the Eagles. I need them to figure it out. To you. I can't handle the stress. I can't. It's, it's not going to be an easy game. It's not going to be a walk in I know. the park. It, it, certainly, it certainly won't be, but you know, we're all going to have to get ready for it. On Sunday, yep. 3 p.m., it's the NFC Championship game. All right, guys, thank you for tuning in. Go Birds!